You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unbendable Caleb Coy. No, I'm not very flexible, am I? No. Hi, hello. It happens with age, I believe. <laughs> it, you know, I, I never really was, but yeah, definitely, definitely with age. <laughs> it's not getting any better is what you're saying. No, I take glucosamine. The tablets are huge. I don't I know what that it. is. <laughs> it's supposed to be good for your joints. That sounds like some and old man shit. It, you know, <laughs> listen, you're right. <laughs> well, uh, our guest today just put out a brand new record on Refresh Records called Heart Racer. Please welcome Nicole from Hit Like a Girl. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You just put out this record uh, last month? Mm, yeah, April 2nd. Actually, it's it's one month birthday today. Yay! Oh, yeah, awesome. Well, happy yeah. birthday. Uh, yeah. How's how's it been? How's it feel to finally have it out there? I know you were working on it a long time. Yeah, yeah. It feels great. Um, unfortunately, it's a little hard to tell how it's like doing mm-hmm. it, quote unquote um just because with the lack of shows and concerts right now um you know obviously seeing people enjoying it for real in person at shows like that's the special part about it so yeah. um you know obviously i know people like it just from what they tell me online or how they interact with me online so um for the most part yeah i think it's doing well quote unquote you know um, but yeah, definitely wish I was playing it live for everybody. Well, hey, that's a good segue uh, into <laughs> uh, an, an announcement that we have, which is that you'll be doing a Left of the Dial live session with us. Let me double check the date, make sure I don't fuck it up. Uh, May 22nd, you will be in our studio yeah. doing a live session, mm-hmm. and we are beyond excited for that. Uh, yeah, it'll be so, so much that fun. Is, that is uh, about two weeks from when this episode comes out. So, so that that felt a lot farther in the future when you first told me, mm-hmm. uh, but now it feels like holy shit, it, that's soon. It's like it's like almost <laughs> next week. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking. Uh, I, I was just I had a band was in here rehearsing before the podcast, and I was we were talking to them, and it was like it's only May second, but somehow it already feels like May is flying by, and it's like already super busy. I'm like, yeah, I, I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Totally get it. Totally get it. But we're we're super excited to to have you in the studio to play some songs. Mm-hmm. But uh, before you do that, you're on the podcast uh, to talk about the yeah. songs, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first very exciting, yeah. And the first song that we heard coming in was uh, the first song on the record, which was Laundry List. Uh, Laundry List is one of my favorite songs on the record, hence why it is first. Um, it is probably the first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was the first like full band song that like was finished. Um, maybe not the f- first song written for the record, but definitely the first one that was like finished written for full band. Um, but that song is just about a long distance relationship um, about somebody I was seeing in the fall and winter of 2019. Um a lot of the record is about that time in my life from like the fall, the like end of summer to end of winter of 2019. That was like a weird uh, end of a year for me. And then, you know, 2020 hit and then it got weirder. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, long story short, it's about a long distance relationship. I, 
am uh, refreshing myself by listening to the songs as we talk about them. So I was kind of like lost in the uh, the ambient sounds of this track. Oh, uh, that like I, I'm tr- is it like is it Glockenspiel or is it bells or some sort? There's, that there's a just, little like, Glockenspiel in there. Yeah. yeah good, okay. Uh, good ear. Okay. <laughs> like I was listening to it. I'm just like. I honestly like you. You were I, I kind of like blanked out like listening to the, this track and like what like what am I hearing? Like this is really, really like. I hope that's a good thing. Not bright. like oh no, man, this no. song is so boring. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll get the really bold statement that I want to make out of the way at Uh-oh. the very beginning of the the podcast. Uh, Kitsy has made me listen to a lot of uh, a lot of really great records. Because uh, he has made me listen to a couple that weren't so great, in my opinion. That's that's not an objective statement. It's very subjective. Uh, I think they have a pretty solid uh, taste in music, so I th- I'm sure it's fun for you as well. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we can agree on that. Uh, this one swings all the way to the other end of the, the the pendulum, where I think this might be the best record Kitsy has ever asked me to listen to. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy that, shit. That's huge because I've made you listen to some real good ones too. You really, you have. Yeah. That's so uh, fan- like really nice. Thank you. Yeah. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, if if I if I've struggled to make like well thought out commentary about this, n- know that it's because anytime I'm listening to it, I'm just lost in how much I'm enjoying oh. uh, the the tracks. Like, like it's it's rare for me. Like. You know, old man jokes aside, it's it's rare for me to to come across something now that that really speaks to me, especially speaks to me in a way that uh, music did when I was younger and I was more actively involved in it. Which sure. is why, uh, uh, as an as an elder millennial, I tend to stick with the stuff that I know. And so branching out is is fun and it's challenging, but it's hard. Uh, and so uh, every now and then a record comes along and I'm like, oh shit, this is real good. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so nice! Thank you so much. But yeah, so the you know the the Glockenspiel like just kind of like these little like touches that like like if it like if you don't hear it you feel it, but mm-hmm. it, like if you hear it you like it really makes you think about like the layers of the track. Meanwhile, under this kind of like for lack of a better term, twangy lead that just like moves the energy along in this kind of like shuffly beat. Like I I love that. So like. I'd love to know more about like like the writing recording process for this song, like how that all came together. Luckily, I had a lot of uh, talented musicians helping me out with this record. Um, just because I don't know how much context or backstory Kitsy gave you, but um, there's no like permanent lineup of members in Hit Like a Girl besides me. So okay. uh, for tours, shows, recording, everything, I work with different people every single time. Um, I have like my core people that I'll talk to first, you know, or ask first to do stuff. But if they can't, I just sort of go through the Rolodex of musician friends that I have. But um, for this record, I uh, got the very blessed opportunity to work with um, Jacob Blizzard, who plays guitar for Lucy Dacus. Okay. Uh, my friend Jer Birkin, who plays drums in the Sonderbombs, played drums on this record. Um, and Olivia Battelle from Adult Mom wrote some of the drums uh, for the record, too. And Neat. Um, Zachary Fisher from Good Looking Friends uh, played some synth. And, yeah, so we had just, like, a really great team right off the bat of, like, a super group. I was say, do you just, like, kind of, like, every record just put together a new super group and just run with <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> well, the first two was just me and um, the producer, 
who mixed both of the first two records. Their name is Levi, and then my friend Fred. So it was just the three of us for that those first two records, which is still okay. pretty cool. And then this time around, it was like nice to kind of assemble a whole new group. You know, <laughs> love it. That's really cool. So when we were writing, I pretty much just demoed all the skeletons of the songs that I'd like to call it, uh, which is just me and acoustic guitar and singing. Um, and I would send those stems around to everybody and everybody would record their parts and then send it to the next person and they would record their parts, send it to the next person, you know, and then we'd, as a group, there were not really as a group, maybe they, they would be like, Oh, is this good? Do you like this? Do you want me to change this, change that, add this, add that. For the most part, everything everyone wrote was just perfect right off the bat. There's only one song on the record where I was like, eh, maybe not. And we kind of like worked it out in the studio. In the studio, too, is where a lot of the parts were born. But for the most part, yeah. um, a lot of it was just done remotely. I would say that there's definitely something that like you, you can't replace that energy of being together, playing the songs and being able to say in the moment, like this work, like what you just did do that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I've, I've unfortunately never gotten to experience writing that way and i wish i could um not that i can't i just i guess uh have never done that before so it's a little scary to think about trying to do yeah well it's especially <laughs> hard to do now uh in pandemic times mm -hmm. sure yeah as well but uh yeah i'm also like not really good at like expressing like any sort of like negative connotations to uh, a group of people especially in like a band setting so if somebody came up with something that maybe they really liked that i wasn't super stoked about i just don't really know if i would have the spoons or the courage to be like i don't really like that you know yeah. i would probably just be like yeah it's good <laughs> but luckily i didn't have to do that on this record everything <laughs> everyone wrote was actually great <laughs> that's it's 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 good to start with uh you know great musicians that you're you're close with because i think you get you get a lot more of the you know we all listen to the same stuff. So we all kind of know what we're all going for, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've only ever had a, a like a real true experience playing in another band, like for seriously one other time. But, you know, even so it was like, I had to, I didn't really have to come up with any new parts. It was just, I was mm -hmm. given parts to play and learn. So I still have never really truly experienced writing in a group of people and maybe even having to receive, that sort of feedback. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure a part of me would be like, Ooh, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I'd be able to yeah. hopefully differentiate the difference between, you know, the message and, you know, someone actually trying to like hurt your feelings. Yeah. You didn't like that part. I write. That means you don't like me. Why am I even here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That part and me are the same thing. <laughs> I know I just wrote it, the two. <laughs> but we're the same thing now. This part is my entire identity. Of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of working with uh, other musicians, you worked with uh, Barty Strange on the next track, which is Monsters.
honestly, it was right before uh, Live Forever came out, so he wasn't a famous superstar yet. Um, <laughs> so it was really easy to be like, uh, well, because we were messaging each other for a little bit. I remember I tweeted a long... I mean, you've seen me tweet a few times, like, looking for people to play in my band or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had offered to play drums for me before, um, right before COVID hit. Oh, nice. So we awesome. had talked about... And I offered to play bass for him before. So we had talked about playing with each other before. Um, so as we were recording in, we were recording the record in June and I knew I wanted someone to sing this part. Um, and it just like kind of clicked to me to ask him just cause we had been talking about playing with each other before. So like I said, this was in June, live forever came out in October. So he wasn't as famous superstar yet. So it's like a very easy one, two message. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, I'm sure now he probably would not have the time to do it but at time he was like yeah definitely i'm down uh and it was like really quick and easy and uh he's a rock star so he killed it right off the bat it's i really fucking love the dynamics of this song how it starts it's really quiet with that that lead that just like got me right away and uh (laughs) it's one of those things where like it doesn't sound like but it like is familiar to like something else that i know that is like hooky enough that will just always be in my head forever mm-hmm. but then that that transition when like the the octave chords come in and like it just the song gets huge and there's so much yeah. energy behind it that it, like almost like when the, the song starts you don't know that that's the energy it needs but as soon as it's there you're like this is the energy it needed <laughs> <laughs> yep i uh, i can't take any credit for any of the lead guitar stuff on this record i think i wrote literally one or two leads on this record but jacob really um nailed it with writing all these guitar leads i couldn't have asked for a better uh guitar player on this record honestly he just did such a great job is there is it synth or strings or something that's flesh i've got it really quiet so it's not bleeding through like I've, there's, as i'm trying to uh, there's like some, re-inspire there's myself barty's played synth on this track okay. as well that, so he sang and played synth too that makes sense this sounds so good like it it fills out the the song so much like it just gives us like this huge atmosphere to like what would already be just like a really good like like kind of slow rock song it just <laughs> like elevates this so much and i can't wait to uh play it uh for left of the dial we're gonna play it like a whole step down too uh <sighs> we're gonna play a lot of the songs um lower uh then what's on the re- on the record just because i uh start taking uh hormone replacement therapy a little bit uh okay. microdosing after we recorded the record so my voice dropped a little bit um nobody would probably notice if i didn't say anything or you don't talk to me every day but mm-hmm. it did so singing the songs in the octaves that they're recorded now is a little difficult i can do that it but sense. it hurts so yeah. we're gonna play everything a little lower live in the studio which is very exciting nice right on. <laughs> yeah you definitely if it hurts you you shouldn't push that because like mm-hmm. there, there are people who have ruined their voice just doing that and and yeah. that sucks mm-hmm. so i'm sure definitely. i'm sure no one will mind the the no. in, fact, <laughs> I'm, I, in fact usually i find uh a lot of times if you you know change the key of a song it, it sometimes even sounds cooler than it did in the first no, place I know. So. I, honestly we, we've been playing monsters a whole step lower and i wish we recorded it that way because i love it i think it sounds so sick <laughs> Well, you'll have a recording of it live at least uh, mm-hmm. in a few weeks. So, yep, very exciting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm curious about the name of the record. Where did that come from? There came from a poem that I wrote, which was the beginning of Monsters. So the lyrics of Monsters started out as a poem that I wrote, um, 
which I titled Heart Racer. And when I was writing the record, um, usually when I write any record, what I'll do is anytime I write a song that I think is good enough to be on the record, I'll like keep uh, a track list in my phone of the working titles, of mm-hmm. course. Right um, and I like to stop when I have about like 10 songs to choose from. So when I was making my quote unquote track list for the record, when I realized I was a couple songs short, that's when I like to go back into, cause all my songs also just start as po- start out as poetry. So I like to uh, go back and read old poems and see if any of them like feel like they'd make cool lyrics. So when I was doing that, I realized I was a few songs short and wanted to write another song for the record. I was going back to my old poems, found the poem heart racer, read the lyrics. And I was like, Oh, this is really good. <laughs> um, so the poem became monsters. And then when I was trying to think of like, as I was reading it, I remember reading the title and I was like, I really like this title. Like I want to keep it for something. Um, and then it just sort of clicked to make it the album title. It all just sort of en- it encompasses, I think a lot of what is happening on the record and what it's about. I love getting the, the behind the scenes glance at the writing uh, process too. You know, <clears throat> whether you're like right along with it, whether it's music first, lyrics first, and like uh, it, it, it works really well that these are coming from kind of like pre-composed pieces that you're like this, I'm going to use this. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the music that I hear when I read it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really cool. I'd like to um, consider a lot of my songwriting as like a narrative style. If I had to think of a style and uh, journalists in the past have considered us like diary, like lyrics, which is true. So I like mm-hmm. hearing that, um, you know, similar to like Harmony Woods, for example, like very like okay. narrative in mm-hmm the lyrics telling a story. Um, so to me, the lyrics usually come first and it's like usually the most important so that I can get the story out. I've, uh, I saw one uh, article uh, refer to you as a confessional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's the idea of writing the lyrics first is so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, I'm not a lyricist. Anyone who's heard a song I've written can attest to that. Um, I'm. If you write lyrics, you're a lyricist. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, y- you know, I'm I, like music. I've got. I, I can write music all day long, and so like the, the, I usually end up with like you know 40 songs with no lyrics to them. Um, Sure. And so, like, the idea of, like, writing lyrics and then putting music to it is just so foreign to me. Like, I can't even fathom how that would happen or, or, or work. So I'm always fascinated when I hear someone that writes like that. I guess, like, if I'm sitting at home uh, noodling on the guitar, if I come up with a riff that's, like, good or a chord progression or something, usually I like to hum over it, you mm-hmm. know? And instead of humming, if I can just sing something over it. I can't think of lyrics, like, right off the top of my head, but if I already have, yeah. like... A mountain of lyrics to work with in my phone like in my notes or whatever um that's kind of where the like the wheels will start turning like oh this actually fits like these syllables fit with whatever riff i'm noodling on i don't know and then workshop it a little bit and then boom usually a song comes out that makes so much sense to me yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i still can't imagine like being capable of doing that myself but mm-hmm. it does make so much sense <laughs> sure yeah i mean that oh and that's why like writing a song in a group of people in the moment like gives me anxiety because like i don't know how to write the music first mm. too you know yeah. so it's like if i'm in a group of people it's like if i don't have the story then like what are we writing mm. you know i don't get it 
I mean that that's fair, and yeah, you know, and because your your songwriting is so narrative and so telling a story, like I guess it makes sense that you kind of need that there before you can actually start writing the song. Mm-hmm. But I know if I was in someone else's band, I would be down to just write the music first because. Like, I do, like, want to be in someone else's band so I can just rock and, like, not have to worry about vocals at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's that's my favorite spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would love to, like, play guitar with, like, my back to the crowd, you know, and just rock. <laughs> nice. No yeah. pressure. All rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> love it. Well, why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll keep talking about uh, more songs off the record, so stay tuned. Did you ever know that kid who was an insufferable know-it-all? Well, now he has a podcast. Join Michael Fight on Fight Knows About Everything. Every Monday and Wednesday, he brings a new trending internet topic and breaks it down to shed light on the absurdity. And then on Fridays, comes with a weekly recap of all the nonsense in the news. Listen wherever you get podcasts or watch on the Night Shift Radio YouTube channel. Hey everyone, Kitsy here. You may know me from... Well, this podcast that you're listening to right now, I just wanted to give a quick heads up that if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which is Friday, May 7th, it is Bandcamp Friday, uh, and we have just released our uh, session with Longneck on Left of the Dial Live, so that is now up on our YouTube channel, and the uh, MP3s from that session are available on Bandcamp, and of course... Uh, we also have our session with Riverby up there still as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Bandcamp Friday is a uh, day once a month where Bandcamp waives all of their uh, fees and 100% of the sales go directly to the artists. So uh, if you want to support the bands that you love, now is a good time to do so. So head on over to Bandcamp. Uh, you can pick up our Left of the Dial live sessions or just pick up something from a band that you love and uh, that'll probably make their day and you'll get uh, some sweet new tunes to jam out to. So, yeah, uh, like I said, leftofdial.live uh, is our YouTube channel, and you can see our session with Longneck available now. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, we have, of course, Hit Like a Girl session coming up on May 22nd, as we mentioned in the episode. So make sure you check that out as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up now and let you get back to the episode. Bye!
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I'm still Kitsy. Caleb is still unbendable. Unbendable. I, I tried during the break and it hurt. <laughs> Don't hurt uh, yourself. Because the, the break... Oh. But I didn't even mean to make that pun. Because, you know, you bend and you break and... Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. I didn't catch it. <laughs> As a child, I found my dad's unbreakable comb. Like, you know, the, the brand mm-hmm. unbreakable. Like, they had the word unbreakable on them. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, fucking challenge accepted. And like, <laughs> I was sitting there trying my hardest to break it. Uh, <laughs> he got real mad about that. And was like, <laughs> how are you going to hand me something that says unbreakable and not expect me to try? <laughs> That's like how parents always say, like, if you want your kids to not do something, you tell them to do it. Because if you tell a kid don't do something, they do it. Yeah. I'm absolutely going to do that. Um, before we get too far back into the episode that needs to happen, uh, I have a question for you. You're from the Montclair area, correct? I, my address says Montclair. All right. Uh, is Bloomfield Ave gone? Like the, the Bloomfield Ave Cafe? Are they, are they no more? Oh yeah, that's a long gone. That's actually oh. the first place I went to like a DIY show at yeah. was that that venue. But um, yeah, it has been long since defunct. Oh, that's, well, that, that's a bummer. I, I I went there a bunch in in my in my youth. Me too. It's definitely like the reason I like started getting into shows. Whenever someone mentions, typically, if you mention New Jersey at all, my brain goes there because that's like where I went the most in New Jersey. Uh, but if if I hear Montclair at all, my brain goes like, "Oh, Bloomfield, are they still around?" Uh, so, well, that's just it. Was a great place. I still remember the way it looks and everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It's a great location too. I wonder if. Uh... You know what? No, I'm getting distracted. (laughs) (laughs) That's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Heart Racer by Hit Like a Girl. (laughs) New album just came out uh, a month ago. And uh, you heard the track Don't Go Far coming back from the break. Um, That was a fun one. Uh, My friend Kylie Lotz from a band called Pedal sings on that song as well. Um, That have too much of like a crazy origin to it or anything. I just know that it's like a lot of people's favorite on the record, which is really fun to hear. Um, I love a lot of the guitar stuff that Jacob does on this song. Um, he brought literally a gigantic like bin of pedals and like just random like guitar stuff to the studio when we were recording. And Excellent. in this mystery box of guitar stuff was also this little radio, like an old school, like vintage radio, like the, got a handle on it and everything. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And it actually was an amp, which, hmm. uh, he got from an Instagram account called Cole picks vintage. Huh. And it's this cool little radio that turned into an amp. And it only has like, it has a volume and a tone knob and the tone knob makes it trebly and less trebly. And it's very fuzzy sounding. So a lot of the, in there, there's a middle part in the song where it sounds like your speakers are breaking, right? Yeah. That was all done on that little, like, radio oh, fuzz amp, which is really cool. cool. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much, I bought one. I literally looked up this Cold Picks Vintage account and bought one. <laughs> I had to have it. How is that spelled? I want to link it. Yeah, so I, I'm going to need you to email me that link because I need one now. <laughs> yeah, and he makes a lot of cool um, vintage like microphones too, like mm. lollipop mics and Sennheisers and stuff. Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, I will. I will email that to you for sure. I'm trying to put my finger on 
the vibe of this song and why it speaks to me so much. And I love that you said that it's one that people have said is, is their favorite on the record. Um, it just rocks. It's, it I does. mean, I know, I know it's a little long, quote unquote long. Uh, I don't know because millennials have the attention span of a goldfish right now. Mm-hmm. It's not even that long. It's five minutes. I get it. That might sound like a long, I don't know. What happened to the days where the song formula used to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge chorus you know that's really all that's happening but apparently it's too long for the millennials but (laughs) a lot of people think it rocks so that's all that matters i definitely don't think it's too long um (laughs) i i I think the the whole record i I think has a really good flow to it and a really good uh pacing to it um for me and and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the end but uh yeah i i mean it's it's fine five and a half minutes that's you know that's a great length for a song. Yeah. If the song, I mean, if the, the song first is good, two records we put out. Yeah, like, right? you just give song, me more of what you enjoy. Yeah. If at any point during a song you're like, "Wow, this part didn't need to be here," or uh, "This just like this was cool, but it's not anymore," then it's too long. But like, that's yeah. not happening here. Yeah. Right. Right. And again, it's you know, for me, it's about getting the story out. Exactly. And, yep. And I think just trying to hit that arbitrary like three and a half minutes or whatever yeah. like you know like caleb said if, if there's parts that like don't need to be there and you can cut them great do that but like mm-hmm. don't cut things that are good just to hit some time into some twitter discourse about this topic a little while ago and yeah there is this like unspoken of like three and a half minute umbrella that like people always like refer to and it's like Yes, I get that those songs probably are just easier to listen to, considering everyone's really short attention spans. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of artists that I listen to, where you're really into the song and you're enjoying it, you don't want it to end. So like when yeah. it does, you're like, damn it. <laughs> um, I don't know. So whatever, fuck that. Do whatever you want. There's no rules to music. Yeah, yeah. Let the song do what it <laughs> wants to do. And this song yeah. wanted to be five and a half minutes, and. It's mm-hmm. it's good that you let it because it it's yeah great. So, are we ever gonna play it live? Probably not because you can only play for like what twenty minutes. So that'd be yeah. a quarter of the set right there. <laughs> well, it makes it real easy to plan a set list though. Yeah, like a oh we've got twenty minutes. Cool, four songs. We're done. <laughs> that's that's usually how I like to play sets anyway off the bat, just because I feel weird about taking space. So we usually play four song sets yeah. anyway. <laughs> get in, get out. I know for me, like. Even bands I I love, like my favorite bands, um, 45 minutes in, I'm like, okay, I've I've had enough. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And then if considering how many bands opened, you're standing there for a long time, you know? Yeah. Oh, I I live for the two band bill home by 10 p.m. Oh, yeah, that is my dream. (laughs) I know I'm almost 30. Like, I don't know how long I can sit or not even just like stand at like a really long like concert festival, whatever, you know, like. Places like Fest is great because there's so much happening. Mm-hmm. You don't have to participate in everything. Um, but yeah, in a smaller DIY setting, if it's like a five band bill, you're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but and what I wouldn't give for that right now. Yeah. For a year of not having it. That that's a good point. Like I would go see a hundred bands play back to back right now if I could, just because <laughs> I, I miss One it stage, so much. No one sharing gear. Yeah. No, I would I would be there. I would be there. Um, like I miss live music so much. I built a studio in my basement and made bands come play live shows for me. So sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> Which is a good reminder that uh, hit like a girl will be playing left of the dial live, uh, in two weeks on May 22nd. So mm-hmm. don't miss that. We will have the link to that stream in the show notes. 
Oh, I was going to say, how can, how can someone watch that? They can watch that by going to leftofthedial.live. Uh, that'll take you right to our YouTube channel, and you can hit subscribe. That way you don't forget. It'll pop up in your feed, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Don't miss it. Yeah, I, we won't be playing Don't Go Far, but everything else will be great. <laughs> Maybe you should play Don't Go Far. Oh, we can't now. It's too late. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, because I, I get, you know, once I get the band lineup sorted, I give them the set list so that they can practice. Uh, you know, that makes if, sense. If I throw, I throw a wrench into the mix now, they'll be like, uh. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe one day. I already, I already feel like I am enough of a douchebag because I was like, hey, can you guys all listen to the songs a whole step down? Sorry, there's no recording <laughs> of it. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you can figure this out. I really wish I had a permanent lineup of members who would just learn, you know, more songs than we can realistically do. Because like on a tour or whatever, it would be so much fun to like change the set every now and then. Or if someone yeah. did yeah. have a request. You know, that would be so great to just be able to pull that out, like, with no problem. But, you know, it's hard to ask a fill-in group of people to learn more songs than we're going to realistically play. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel guilty asking people to do that. Well, it's it's hard. Like, learn my entire catalog just in case. Yeah. Like, Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, but it's also, it's so tough finding, like, permanent members, too. Like, yeah. that's a, a, tr- a trend I'm, I'm really noticing is, like, back when... Like Caleb and I were were playing in bands more, much more frequently than we do now. It was like mm-hmm. your band was your band, right? Mm-hmm. Like y- you had the four or five people in your band, and like that was it. Um, unless you were like specifically a solo artist, but now it seems like most bands, at least the ones that we end up talking to on this podcast, are like one or two core people, and then mm-hmm. just like there's like this pot the melting pot of musicians in like the tri-state area here that just kind of rotate through all these bands and they all yeah they all like you know play with each other and um i was chuckling when you brought up um uh olivia from adult mom because uh, adult mom was the band that was practicing in my studio just before this podcast so like oh cool she was just in here playing drums in my studio so it's just it's like it's Honestly, it's she, kind of, she plays she plays drums for me sometimes. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is she playing for uh, on the live session? No, no. Um, person Leah uh, is playing drums. Who seems interested in like maybe playing more stuff with us, which is super exciting. So awesome. hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that works out. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. But yeah, it's it's yeah. it's just funny like how small that community is that like everyone's in everyone else's band now and i kind of love mm-hmm. that actually I, yeah. I really i really like that i actually like have a, a question about that uh, since we're on the, the topic you know working with different musicians both you know in studio live shows touring and kind of uh cycling through different people that, that uh you know come and go from the band do you find that that uh like adds a really like interesting dynamic or is it a like a challenge to work around that many different like playing styles like how, like what does that even feel like definitely a gigantic mix of both um the fun part about playing with different people all the time is you don't really know what you're gonna get like obviously you, i give people the record and i say learn these songs but like drummers for example will never play it exactly the way it goes mm-hmm, you know yeah. they always like will add something or take away something but like make it their own but like still Mm -hmm. follow the feel of it yeah which is great it's fun um 
And then it's stressful because you don't, I don't know. I've done a tour where we show up to the day before practice. um, And I've had friends that I had just met online who didn't learn the songs right. And then like, what do you didn't play the parts very well? I ate shit that tour and we we just didn't sound very good for like 90% of that tour, which uh, sucked a lot. (laughs) You know, Um, there's like, there's nothing you could do at that point, except just beg them to listen to the songs uh, in the van on the way to the show and practice in the back of the van, you know, Yeah. which I've asked people to do. And that made me feel so terrible, you know, but at the same time, it's like this person promised that they would deliver and aren't meeting the, that promise. So I don't know. It's like a really weird mixture of emotions there. Cause like you want to have a good time, for me, it's like I, there's a lot more times where I recall feeling stressed out during the set because you don't know if someone's going to mess up. So I, I don't have as much fun playing because mm-hmm. I'm trying to hyper focus on what everyone's doing. You know, there's a couple times where we had really solid lineups and I just have so much fun because I don't have to worry about anyone doing whatever. There was a lineup I had when we did a tour with John Allison Weiss. That lineup was so sick. It was Liv, Liv was on drums. My friend Sawyer was playing guitar. My friend Anna was playing keys and my friend Joe was playing bass and like we were so tight. So like I had so much fun on that tour because I didn't have to worry about anybody messing up. That was that was the tour. Yeah. Uh, you, you played Everybody Hits that tour, right? That was the one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I was I was yep. at that show that you the band was so tight. It was yeah. awesome. It was great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when that happens and when I'm lucky enough for that to happen, it's great. It's a great time. It's fun. And everyone still brings their own little, you know, themselves to their parts, which is great, you know. Yeah. So definitely a mix of both. It's fun and stressful. And I feel like rhythm section, especially like if they're just not clicking, like even if they're technically solid, if they just like aren't aren't in sync together, like that that can make or break the experience. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, 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 the next song on your list <laughs> was closure. Um, this is actually my favorite song on the record, which probably is not the same for most people who listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really what it is or why I like it so much. I just think it's so freaking groovy. Um, and it's just really fun to listen to, I think. Uh, this song actually almost didn't make it on the record. Um, a couple days before we went to go record, uh, my friend and roommate, Joe, who played bass on the record, we went and met up with Jer, who played drums, and we just wanted to practice because the three of us were basically the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure we knew we knew what we were doing because everything else is kind of just like the sprinkles on top that you add later. So we were sitting at Jer's house outside in their backyard going over the set list. And when it came time to come to track seven, I was like, I have this song in mind, and I have this song in mind. And I showed them demos of both, and Jared was like, no, this one is so much better. And the other one was a slow burn. So, I don't know. It almost did make it, but I'm glad it did, and it turned out the way it did. It's, uh, I don't know. I think it's really fun to listen to. Um, Kitsy, Jared's the, the person who joined us to talk about uh, Death Cab, right? Yep. That makes so much sense. Sure because is. Because this song is absolutely an early 2000s indie ballad. And yeah. that Jer would be into it makes so much fucking sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. For sure. For they killed it on sure. drums, too. They did such Absolutely. a great job. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they they also played drums uh, for your recent uh, audio tree session, right? Yes. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, also killed it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they wrote the record, and they're also my booking agent, so when they booked us that audio tree session, um, you know, I was like, do because then I know they have always wanted to play on an audio tree too. So it's just like, do you want to <laughs> play drums? And they said yes, and I was like, yes. All right, great. This would be. I don't have to worry about it because they wrote the record, so yeah. I know they're gonna kill it. Excellent. <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are yep. such a good drummer. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I just I can't get over the idea that they had the, a direct contributing factor to the song being on the record, and it absolutely, it 100 belongs on the record. Uh, and I haven't heard the other one, but like I just I feel in my gut that this was the right choice. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying the other one would have been the wrong choice, but this is the right one. Mm -hmm. like, For sure. That's that's exactly how I felt, too. There are there are moments on this record that I can picture myself watching this band playing these songs on stage at a place like Bloomfield, early 2000s, when I'm you know, passing through on tour myself and just being like, I need to pick up this CD on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, I know you you provided for us five specific songs, and I definitely want to make sure that we talk about those. I just want to briefly sidebar on one that you didn't pick, uh, and we don't have to get deep into it. I just want to know why is Boardwalk a better take on me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Thank you. <laughs>
not gonna lie, not gonna lie, I didn't notice that they sound the same until you, not even you, but until the internet started saying that. I never noticed until someone said, it, and then I went back and listened to them side by side, and I was like, oh <laughs> shit! It came on the first time I was listening to. It, I was like, this is gonna be a bitchin' cover, like, right? Well, I was gonna say, so not- I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to actually hear this episode so that maybe this will be just only insider knowledge for y'all and whoever's listening, but I'm working on a mashup of Boardwalk and Take On Me right yes. now. Yes! Very yes. Take On Me is obviously a jam. It's it's a hit for a reason, but oh, yeah. like I listened to this track and I'm like, no, this this is what I want. <laughs> I I'm so glad that you said that, Caleb, because it has been fucking eating away at me like what does this song remind me of i can hear it so clearly and i can't place it i'm sorry y'all i didn't do it on purpose i swear it's okay it's it's awesome i just even if you had it would have still been awesome yeah well now i'm doing it on purpose with the mashup yes i can't wait cannot wait to hear that yeah but uh but we do have one more song to talk about and that is boomerang the Mm -hmm. last song on the record yeah um this one I love too. I like. I mean, obviously, I like them all. I'm biased, but I would um, hope so. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but this one I particularly like. Um, I was writing the lyrics to this on the drive home from our last show that we played while COVID was happening. Uh, so we were on tour in March, oh, like while mm-hmm. things were getting really bad um, yeah. when they went from zero to hundred. Uh, we had to cancel our tour with Short Fictions on our way to South by Southwest. So our last show was um, in March in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were driving home that night, and I was in the back of the van. Jer was driving, and I started writing the lyrics. Um, this person, Abby, that played guitar on that tour, like I had said to her the ideas I had floating around in my head for the lyrics, and she actually wrote the first part uh, where it says, because I, I wrote, uh, I want to sit around a bonfire, but I'm afraid to get burnt, and I didn't know what to write after that. So I said it out loud and she was just like, oh, uh, I don't know, but I've been a flame since, since birth. And I was like, yeah, that's sick. So she wrote that part. And then from there, I just, the rest literally just poured out of me. Um, and the, I knew I wanted the, the end of the song, the last, the ending of the record to flow into laundry list. So since I knew laundry list was going to be first, I wanted to write the song guitar wise in the same key as laundry list so mm-hmm. a lot of the chords shapes are really similar in boomerang and laundry list which you know whatever you wouldn't know unless you're looking at my hands um so that song was like really kind of easy to write and i just knew i wanted a big ending i just didn't really know exactly how it was going to sound yet until we were in the studio um the original demo is just i thought it was just going to be an acoustic song so the original demo is just an acoustic guitar the I had a MIDI sax part for the lead that is actually a sax now in the recording. Yes. So I really thought it was just going to be it's me, so acoustic guitar, and saxophone. That was going to be the whole song. And then, like, big gang vocal at the end. So um, the drums and everything, I didn't think there was going to be drums in it at all. But, uh, I don't know, studio magic just happened. I love that you did that intentionally to make it flow back into Laundry List. Because, one, like... In preparing for the, the podcast, I do listen to the, the records on repeat. It's not something I normally do with records. Usually, like, I finish and I do something else. Um, but, like, it it made this, like, perfect circle where at some points I was like, wait, 
did I restart the record? <laughs> the yeah, beginning right? or the end? Uh, but even just listening to them separate and distinct, uh, like the way that, it, like it's that same tone of acoustic and mm-hmm. like the the same, uh, you know, like you said, similar keys and chord progressions, and it just feels so uh, complete. Yeah, to start and yeah. end the record that way. Uh, I know, and, and it's like you know, laundry list is like about longing for this person that's so far away that you wish you could spend more time with, and then boomerang is sort of like the very opposite of it. So it's like a really nice, like I don't know, like balance. I wish more. Actually, maybe not because it would be less special. But I, I wish more uh, <laughs> artists would do the whole like the last song kind of feeds back into the first song trick. Um, mm-hmm. The first record that I experienced that did it where I noticed it was um, one of my favorite records of all time, which was uh, the Loved Ones' "Keep Your Heart." Mm-hmm. Um, okay, where cool. at the at the very end of the last song, there's just like a faint um, guitar and vocal only callback to the chorus of the first song. Mm-hmm. And then if gonna, you, you, I want you to text me that I want to, I want to listen to that. I will. I will do that. Um, Word. that whole record is, is fucking amazing. If you've never heard it. Um, no, I haven't. It's real good. Um, one of my, like I said, one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just a faint, like, you know, guitar and vocal only call back to the chorus of the first song. And then the first song kicks in and it's just like kicks in so hard. And you're just like, oh, I guess I'm gonna do this again. And, <laughs> and I think that's such, I think that's such a cool idea because mm-hmm. you're like, you're kind of subconsciously tricking the listener into listening to your record again and again and again on a loop mm-hmm. because, because yep. it, it never really like has that definitive end. And sure, yeah. I, as, as a, a fan of music i really appreciate that because it's just like all right we'll, we'll go we'll go one more round yeah well back back uh back in the day back not trying to show my age here but when you listen <laughs> to music on uh itunes or like on an ipod for example like you know uh, records would automatically do that whereas mm-hmm. now when you listen to records on spotify once you finish a record it just usually will start playing songs that sound similar to that artist so um i remember seeing the records on repeat would do that some would do that you know and like mm-hmm. i just always thought the same thing i thought that was just like really special um as far as like bands that have done it recently one that, that comes to mind right off the bat is uh prince daddy and the hyena did that on cosmic Dill seekers that's not that record loops like that from the last song to the first song oh nice i did i have not actually checked that record out mm-hmm. i've i've been meaning to for, good. for ages <laughs> and you know there's just there's so many good records and so sure, little time. yeah there's so much music so, in the world yeah yeah like there's, you know, I feel like there's never been more music than there is now, which I guess is true because music never really goes away. So, yeah, sure, yeah. obviously there's been never been more music than there is now because that's how. Well, it's also so much more accessible, you know, like yeah. think about like think about if you I don't know if you guys have Apple products, but GarageBand, for example, like mm-hmm. it's so sick. You can write a whole ass record on GarageBand on your phone. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, we we've actually talked about that many times about how mm-hmm. like the barrier to entry to making music is so much lower and mm-hmm. also the barrier to, to discovering new music is so much lower too with like Spotify Definitely. and Apple Music and, mm-hmm. and Bandcamp like it's just it's it's never been this easy to both get your music out there and to find new music to listen to um yeah and there's so much of it that like you I you just, it's impossible to catch everything now Definitely, um, yeah. And and there's just so much of it's so good. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just I just like music. I don't know. I, you know whatever. Music rocks. I, there's no money in it, but it's so much fun. Yeah, it's so true. It's like podcasting. There's absolutely <laughs> no money in it, but hey, here we are anyway. Right. You know, 
you think that one of these days I'll find something where there's money, but <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say that depending on the player that you had, CDs would also do the, mm-hmm. the like go back and start at the beginning. Uh, and I feel like that, like, the, I, I think that there's a reason why you would see bands like kind of like late nineties, early two thousands would use this, this technique more often than like, you know, the next decade or so. And why, like, you know, I think bands are starting to like <laughs> rediscover that and yeah. bring that back. And like this record is a great example of that. Uh, and, uh, it, it might get me starting to rethink like every now and then clicking that, uh, that, uh, repeat button mm-hmm. just to to hear that effect more often true maybe it happens more often than we realize yeah maybe it does um yeah i also find that that that's a trick that works really well with with vinyl too mm-hmm. because like you have to physically flip it over yeah. if you want to play right. it again right like you got to go flip it mm-hmm. back to the a side and put it back on and so that's like a whole thing a whole thing you have yeah. to do and people are lazy, Definitely. especially me. So, <laughs> like with that loved ones record, like that little teaser of the course of the first track, I'm just like, oh, I want to hear that again. So, like, it makes me want to flip the record over and put it on again. So, mm-hmm. um, I have not yet dug into your record on vinyl, uh, just because I'm still getting settled in this house and have not set up my record player yet. Somehow, no worries. But uh, I'm curious to see if it's going to give me that same like, okay, yeah, let's do this again. Uh, it only starts shipping until June just because vinyl plants have been so asked and slowed down because of COVID. Oh, so I don't even have it yet. Okay, that that makes no. sense. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how like un uh aware of my vinyl situation I am right now, because like I moved into this house a year ago and have not right. gotten situated. I keep ordering records and they just keep piling up. So <laughs> I just assume I have them now. Sure, yeah. So I, okay. Well now I feel less bad for not listening to vinyl yet because I don't have it yet. If people wanted to buy it on vinyl, where would they go? Um, you can go to refreshrec.com. Uh, you can get, I think we still have a couple uh, left of a splatter variant. And then obviously, of course, we just have black. And if you live in the United Kingdom or in Europe, you can order it from Rose Colored Records and from their website. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, is it also available on your Bandcamp? Yes. Hitlikeagirl.bandcamp.com. Or probably refreshrex.bandcamp.com, but I would go and hit like a girl. It's probably so much easier to figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be in the show notes too, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, talking about of your course. new record. Yeah. yeah um, thank you so much again was, for having me. I, I can't wait to see you for real uh, in a couple weeks in the studio. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, May 22nd. Hit like a girl, left the dial live, uh, go to left the dial dot live, subscribe to the YouTube channel and it'll be in your mm-hmm. eyes and ears on May 22nd. And we're all so excited for it. Uh, yeah. So uh, any parting words of wisdom or anything you want to plug uh, <laughs> before we wrap up? Um, I don't think it's been, uh, there's no flyer for it yet, but I'm doing a, a live stream for the alternative as well on June 13th. Oh, cool. Um, and assuming fest still happens, uh, we'll be playing the fest in Florida in nice. hollow on Halloween weekend. So fingers crossed that that can happen. Um, get vaccinated y'all, please. Let's, yes. Please everyone get vaccinated if you can. Um, if you live in New Jersey and need help figuring it out, I figured out how to hack the system. I can help you get an appointment. Nice. Oh yeah. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. That's it. <laughs> oh, and I, I meant to ask you about this and completely forgot about it the whole time we were talking, but you also run a, a nonprofit. Mm, yes. I somehow forgot to plug that as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. No more dysphoria. If you are uh, transgender or gender nonconforming, um, please look up No More Dysphoria. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization I run. We give money to trans people who need help transitioning. However that might look, everyone's transitions look different, whether it's small or big. Um, you can go to nomoredysphoria.org to find out more or email me at nomoredysphoria at gmail.com. All of our social links are just at nomoredysphoria um, as well. So check that out if that is of interest to you. And we will, of course, have all those links in the show notes as well. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Awesome. All Sweet. right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. This has been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Uh, the record's amazing. Everyone go pick it up if you haven't already. Because it's, it's just super good. Uh, we're going to hear Boomerang to take us out. And uh, yeah, May 22nd. Don't forget, leftofthedial.live. Check out that live stream. Uh, this has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Coy. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back <laughs> next week. <laughs>